your business, your relationships, your spiritual connection, your quality of life. Everything is a direct reflection of your energy and alignment. On April 16th, 2020, a brotherhood of elite men will gather to learn and apply cutting edge strategies to unlock elite cognitive performance so there are no energy dips throughout the day so that you are always functioning at your highest level. These men will gather to restore balance in body and mind so that there is not just success, but also fulfillment and appreciation for all of the things that we are creating in our lives and the impact that we are leaving on this planet. And these men will gather to connect with a tribe of powerful, like-minded men who can help them and support them, men that they can do life with. The question I have for you is, will you be one of them? On April 16th, 2020, we will gather at the Ultimate Biohacking Experience. You can learn more and apply at ultimatebiohackingexperience.com. That's U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E-B-I-O-H-A-C-K-I-N-G-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E.com. Spots are limited. This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are wonderful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. What's up, guys? In this episode of the Biohacking Secret Show, I sit down with Eric Puro, who is an expert in medicinal mushrooms. We discuss what mushrooms to take for optimizing your cognitive performance and preventing Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative diseases, which mushrooms have been shown to improve gut health and actually feed the good bacteria in our digestive system, which mushroom should you reach for if you need more energy. How about longevity? Which mushrooms have the highest antioxidant content are gonna, and are gonna help set you up for a healthy, vibrant life where you not just have more years in your life, but you've got, at the expense of sounding cliche, more life in your years. And then what type of mushroom do you wanna take when you need to slow down, feel a little bit more chill, or get a good night's sleep? We're covering all of that and much, much more in this episode. If you guys get some value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would go on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on and leave us a review. If you feel so inclined to make that a five-star review, even better, but I want you to be honest and authentic. I do read all of those reviews, and when you guys have stuff that you want to hear on the show, put them in there, let me know, and if you do take the time to do that, I know your time is valuable, and I want to reward you by giving you a free $297 course I created with Dr. Andrew Huberman, the Stanford professor of neurobiology on biohacking the brain. All you got to do to get that is send a message to our Instagram at biohacking secrets with a screenshot of the review that you posted and your email. And then I'll reply with, uh, or I'll pass that along to our team and they will get you access to the biohacking the brain course that has been selling on our site for a long time for $297 and you will get it 100% free just for showing up and dropping that review. Appreciate you guys so much. And if you are ready to take this stuff to the next level, or if you're just the type of person that really feels like you need to plug into a tribe of like-minded men on this journey to stepping into our full potential, stepping into our power, then I would love to have you join us April 2020 in South Florida at the Ultimate Biohacking Experience. We're going to be sharing everything on the leading edge of health and human performance that you need to really take control of your health and develop a level of mastery with this stuff that you can't develop anywhere else. And if you're the type of person that loves learning by experience, by getting your hands dirty, and also having that connection that you really can't mimic through a phone or 
through a computer, then this is the place for you to do it. You can learn more about that at ultimatebiohackingexperience.com. We may even have a little blurb that goes into more details in this episode, but appreciate you guys so much. Without further ado, let's dive in and please enjoy this conversation with Eric Puro of Kappa Health. Eric, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Thank you very much. I'm pumped to talk about mushrooms, not just what's on the forefront of the scientific literature and how we're seeing these magical fungi have a positive impact on health and human performance, but also some of the positive implications that mushrooms can have in cleaning up our planet and, and, and helping to restore balance and homeostasis. It, within the human and within our planet. Um, how did you get so into this world of fungi? Yeah. Yeah, Anthony, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a real honor to be here. Um, I listen to your podcast actually quite a lot. And um, Thank yeah, you. you've been helping me with a lot of, uh, you know, personal health problems that I've been having. So uh, I, I just, I hope that, you know, some things that I can say here are helpful to your listeners and um, yeah. Hopefully it's uh, it's worth it. Honored to have you. Excited to <laughs> excited to rock it, bro. Yeah. So let's let's go down a weird path uh, of fungi together. I, I think this is a for me, of course, this is a, a really uh, interesting topic. Uh, I'm devoting my life to this 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 matter, and we're building. We've built quite a large company, uh, and we're building it. Just it's it's growing quite quickly. And uh, we're based in Finland, and my personal story to be getting involved in this has been. Uh, a very long journey from growing up in the Midwest of Indiana and going morel mushroom hunting in Michigan, you know, with my family. And, and you know, I think that, that that's really what started my interest in the whole thing. You know, we would go for weeks long uh, camping trips and I would convene with nature. I would connect with nature. I would walk through the forest and I'd be looking for morel mushrooms, but I would also learn how, how, how trees are. My dad taught me navigation skills. It, it was a beautiful moment in my life, those, those times. So mushrooms have always been really fascinating for me. And, and I remember my dad told me with morel mushrooms, you can't grow them. And this was like, oh, just stuck, right? I mean, there, there's a magic to a morel mushroom. Now, of course, we actually know how to grow them. The Chinese are doing amazing at it. There's a company that's doing it in Michigan also. But there's a mystery to mushrooms. Uh, when he told me that, it really inspired me. Okay, wow, there's something going on here that we don't understand, Right. How does that work? We can't figure out how to cultivate it. Humans don't know how to dominate this area of the world. My God. So it got me, you know, thinking really from this biotech approach from a young age. Um, maybe, quick, maybe the quick, best qu quick question. Yeah. The yeah. what? So, so these Merrill, Merrill mushrooms, Merrill mushrooms, they, uh, Merrill. Yeah. Merrill, they would only grow in, in the wild. And yeah. when you tried to grow them, they wouldn't grow in, you know, you know in, in captivity or whatever terminology <laughs> you want to you want to use for it. Uh, they wouldn't grow um, in like a greenhouse type environment. But what was what was also beyond that? What was so appealing about them? Like, why were you guys seeking out these morel mushrooms? Oh, the flavor. OK, they're delicious. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they're the only mushroom um, that, that has reached the plate of the president. You know, they're like they're really expensive. It's a big part of the culture. There's a city called Misik, Michigan, that has a morel mushroom festival. that They have sculptures to the god of the morel mushroom. And it's just it's an amazing place. It's a really amazing culture. And OK, uh, and there's a magic when you find something in the woods and you're really hungry from a long day of hiking also then frying that and some butter and 
oh, you know that. That sounds <laughs> Foraging fantastic. for me now is still something really important, you know. I think I think myself and the listeners are caught up now. Please continue telling us <laughs> okay. about your mushroom hunting. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, found these great mushrooms that tasted amazing and had that experience. And I think, you know, it really colored my 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 perception or what is the role of, of human beings uh, and that, that to me is a very profound question, one that we should be asking quite often. And we take a very engineering approach quite often. We're very analytical. You know, we look toward uh, how can we design this from a human perspective? How can we make this better? And that's a beautiful, those are beautiful questions to be looking at. And, you know, we're an apex uh, role in the ecosystem. So we have that role. We have that place to play. Um, but what I started thinking about was how, what, how can we be learning from nature? I mean, these ecosystems have been working for millions and millions and millions of years. How can we be learning from that and then designing on top of that? How can we be modifying maybe things very slightly? Um, and that got me very interested in permaculture. So permaculture is a bit of a design science where you're, you're sort of looking at, a, at an ecosystem and you're trying to mimic as many of the natural functions as you possibly can. This of course makes a system more resilient, more biodiverse, um, more nutritional um, for, for, for all, all animals. And then being in that space, seeing how fungi, we just, ah, there's, they're not treated well enough. We don't know so much. There's such a mystery. We are still learning massive amounts of things. I mean, I could go into hours of discussion um, about our biotech side of things. And it's, it's a fascinating space to be in. And all of it is coming from just learning more about how nature works. So with these mycorrhizal fungi like morels are, um, that they create these symbiotic relationships with plants and trees, how can we be... Uh, helping that to meet our climate goals that we have right now? How can we be supercharging the sequestration of our forests? Um, and these are projects that we're actively working on with, with you know, very large companies consulting them. So is, for us, you, it's- Would you say like, is permaculture akin to how so many people now are looking back at like the amount of movement and sunlight that our ancestors likely likely got and trying to find ways to integrate that into their day, maybe reducing- their exposure to certain things that we have in high amounts that aren't natural right now. So we're looking back and we're like, okay, not like not in the past 20 years or not in the past hundred years, how have humans lived, but how have they lived for, you know, 10,000 years leading up to that. And how do we recreate some of those levels of good stress in the body so that the organism, the individual human organism becomes more resilient and is more physically and mentally fit. Is that sort of what we're doing with permaculture in the plant world? Or did I just make a whole bunch of stuff up and draw parallels? No, you got it. But I have no business being in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. That's a connection I think is very valid. Um, And I think it's about context, you know? Mm -hmm. So for instance, uh, I have, I have went down a very strong personal journey learning about our ancestors. I was, I lived on a earth skills community in Oregon for a long time was making my own bow, uh, fire by friction. Uh, this is a very strong passion of mine because- Which is not an easy thing to do. I, I, no. I tried that for about an hour and a half. And when the amount of sweat dripping off my forehead <laughs> onto where I was trying to start the fire was exceeding the amount of smoke I threw in the towel. And I tip my cap to you. Yeah, tinder mushroom or even chaga mushroom. That's the key. Almost one spark can get a, a, a chaga mushroom um, embering already. There we go. Now we're already <laughs> learning about mushrooms. So this, this is, this is fantastic. Um, okay. But I so think it's start, about, to answer your yeah. question real fast, I, I think it's about context. I think that that's really important. And I think that, uh, you know, getting lost too far looking at what, what our ancestors did can also lead us to conclusions that don't apply to the context we live in now. 
you know, mm-hmm. sometimes they do and sometimes they don't, but I think it's really important to think about context. So it's totally. the same for me with, with mushrooms. It's the same for, you know, ecosystem design, you know, and, and what, what, why are we looking at certain mushrooms also to benefit our health? Right. Well, I mean, our company literally is just learning about how cultures have used these for thousands and thousands of years. And those are the mushrooms we're going to first. We're, we're looking at papers, we're testing compounds, you know, and that's why. So we're able to, you know, not exactly just copy and paste those things uh, or how the ecosystem was designed or what, how those traditions use those medicines. Um, but, you know, how, how can we use them now in our current life and how can we make them accessible or what compounds are interesting now? You know, does everyone have tapeworm anymore? Yeah, probably not, you know. So what are, what are actually the diseases that we have now? You know, stress, mm-hmm. sleep, lack of energy, um, you know, they're, we, they're, we're living they're longer. More, yeah, they're, they're, they're diseases of uh, a more chronic nature. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's, it, it's not like, you know, we're losing as many children in infancy or people are dying yeah. of being, you know, from being attacked by predators or, you know, diarrhea and those sorts of things. But we have chronic gastrointestinal issues. A lot of people have food sensitivities. They have a, a overcolonization of pathogenic bacteria and, you know, candida and other types of, of, of organisms that are inflammatory in their gut. And we need new tools and new weapons to, to bring balance back um, yeah. internally. And you were telling me some, some fascinating uses of mushrooms and how those are applying to people. <laughs> Maybe you could share just, just some fun teasers to really, um, you know, bring in our listeners on some of the ways that, that you guys are applying medicinal mushrooms yeah. for various um, health and performance optimization purposes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I that, that's a great question. And I think that's what your listeners are probably more interested in than random applications for ecosystem health, but you know, that's also cool too. But it, I think, it's cool. It's cool too. We may go, we may go there. Cause okay, I want to talk, cool, yeah. talk about some of what we were chatting about offline with the, with the yeah, cigarettes and cleaning up toxins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, so when I look at, at, at optimizing human performance, uh, that that's the lens that I look at it, I guess, as I want to say. So uh, how can we live a more healthy and better life? That, that's a question I ask myself, you know, do I want to live till I'm 180? I don't know. Do I want to live uh, really well till I'm 120? Maybe that's better. That sounds more nice. So for me, I'm okay. What are the things that I'm, I'm looking at having to, what are the hurdles that are in front of me? Well, Alzheimer's runs in my family. Uh, joint pain runs in my family. Um, heart problems run in my family. I mean, you know, and, and humans, we didn't live this long. This is where we're the experimental guinea pigs in this, in this race. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're experiencing, like you said, these chronic diseases because we're just living longer also. So who, how can we know what the problems are going to be if we're living to 130, 180? And so when I look at uh, analyzing what we call, we call interesting compounds or compounds of interest. Um, and it depends on, you know, what, what mushroom we look at and we list all the compounds of interest. So I, I am lucky enough to sit on the executive committee of the International Medicinal Mushroom Society. So this position actually gives me firsthand uh, looks at all the papers that are coming out. And our committee, one of our roles is to also look, at, look over those papers and see which ones we, we're asking those uh, PhD researchers to be presenting at the International Medicinal Mushroom Congress. So I'm able to really, you know, we're getting a lot of firsthand papers when they're released. And I know a lot of these researchers about papers that are not even released yet. So we're trying as hard as we can to find out what are the new compounds we're learning about? What are the new tests that are going on around those things? 
how can we be how can we be helping people meet their health goals uh, with those compounds with mushrooms? Um, and I would say that you know one thing I could probably tell your listeners that they haven't heard about because the paper is not published, um, and it has to do with cordyceps mushrooms and cordyceps militaris. Uh, this is specifically the mushroom species that I'm talking about. And cordyceps militaris has a very interesting compound. Uh, you got some there, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some in while you talk about cord. Okay, this great. was this was the, uh, <laughs> the 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 first product I I took from you guys that had me falling in love with it and kept me yeah. amped up for my talk at the biohackers. <laughs> I love this stuff. Please please continue. Yeah. So <laughs> so I mean like we take it for energy. That's the main. I mean that's what most people probably hear in the podcast. They know about it. Um, it's increasing, yeah, oxygenation of your blood cells, ATP. I mean, it's really crucial if you're if you're an athlete, if you're working out, or even if you're like me working in an office and your brain needs more, you know, energy. There's there's a fascinating study that I'm sure you've seen, but our listeners may not have, that shows a a massive increase in VO2 max in untrained yeah. individuals just from taking cordyceps mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i mean anyone, it's almost like, like cheating the, yes the, so the, 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 the listeners who like who are who, who hear some of our past episodes and are like wait i can mimic some of the effects of exercise by sitting on my butt in a sauna those are the yeah. same people whose ears just perked up perked up like wait i can increase my vo2 max by taking down some cordyceps yeah i'm actually in the right. sauna right there it is oh are you sitting in your sauna right now yeah we got it mic'd up that is a boss move. What, <laughs> you don't you don't melt your stuff. You no, it's actually, not on. I mean, it's it was on a little bit today, but now it's just like lukewarm. I think I may have actually heard that Neil Strauss and uh, Gabrielle Reese, Laird Hamilton's wife, recorded a podcast in a sauna for a while. Oh, that's Something. what I'm doing. Oh, we're yeah. making we're making our own mushroom podcast here for the European market mainly, and we're making up a sauna, and we're we're forcing people to come to our sauna. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, so yeah, next time you're in Finland. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, down. Count, count me in. The next thing I wanted to say about cordyceps was uh, mm-hmm. what we're fi- there's a researcher we work with in the UK. And this is the one that's found, I was telling you about how it's past the blood-brain barrier. So she's the one that also found that out, which is really incredible. Um, but basically what it's, what it's starting to do and what you know, neurological pathway it's working on, it's stopping that pain response you have from arthritis. So we know arthritis is mainly a symptomatic disease. It's not doing so much, you know, horrible things, but it's the pain is, you know, can be mm-hmm. really hard to deal with. So, you know, it's stopping that pain. And to me, if you, you know, your parents, I'm not sure, but my God, when you meet someone that's struggling with arthritis pain and you can give them cordyceps and, and they can really stop that, that, that pain, they feel 20 years younger. I and mean, what a gift to give somebody, you know, I, yeah. I, mm. I just, I, it's just an amazing part point to be alive. Really, like that's that's incredible and and fascinating because I had never heard of cordyceps applied for arthritic pain or even like even modulating inflammatory pathways. But you're right; that is something where it can it's it's such an energetic drain when someone is walking around with with pain in their body, and it's like you know the the the, the blessing of being present in life becomes so much more difficult when your mm-hmm. attention is constantly pulled to an ache in your physical body yeah. you know so I, I love that we have things like cordyceps and even you know there's some fantastic curcumin products and sometimes people have had had uh, a lot of positive responses with astaxanthin and there are things that we can do now while we figure out what is the root cause of this 
Yeah. You know, is it a bacterial infection? Is it, is it uh, gut dysbiosis or leaky gut yeah. or am I just eating too many inflammatory foods that my body doesn't like right now? Probably. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably the case too. And like a hundred percent of them, you know, but while we figure that out, there are these beautiful plants yeah. with asymmetric risk, very high upside, low or yeah. no downside that can, yeah. that can powerfully improve quality of life. So yeah, that's I mean, cool. They, so you, you, yeah, you guys are using cordyceps for energy and, yeah. and, you know, ATP production, but also for pain. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, most of it is uh, energy. I mean, the paper mm. isn't published yet, so I don't think that, I mean, obviously some people will try it. I've given it to my parents, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, you know, not, not published yet. And, but we know it's safe, you know, mm -hmm. and for me, the most important thing is if you know, the, do you know how cordyceps grows in the wild? No idea. Do you want to know? I, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing uh, in poop or on tree bark or something like that. But no, way worse, way worse, way worse. Way worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> all right. So if we close our eyes, right, and we we think of a, a grasshopper, right, bouncing mm -hmm. through the forest. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that grasshopper is just minding its own business, eating some, you know, grasshopper food, doing its thing. Two spores of cordyceps militaris lie, lies on its back. Those spores, they connect. They go, okay, this is the perfect place to live. They connect. They uh, start to colonize that grasshopper. They actually fully colonize and infect the brain of that grasshopper. Um, they convince this grasshopper now to climb up a, a two-meter-high tree or a blade of grass or a small shrub, climb up two meters, death grab the branch or whatever it's holding onto, and then it kills it. Then the cordyceps mushroom will come out of that, that, that insect's brain, sporulate, and then do this all over again. I may have seen this on YouTube <laughs> or something a few years ago. Yeah. But, but wait, I mean, how do you harvest this stuff at a rate that we can consume? <laughs> yeah. Assuming so, someone still wants to consume it after hearing its origin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, to me, when I, when I, when I learned that and I was, we were starting to research cordyceps and we were starting to research uh, also cultivation techniques because our company does, we, we grow it ourselves. Um, it was a big question like, oh my God, do I want to be putting, like, I don't, <laughs> we actually, so let me tell you the story. We hired a, a software engineer. Uh, we gave him, you know, a part of our company we rented him his own lab. We just said, hey, man, you know, figure this out for us. Because it's a really analytical problem, actually, growing cordyceps. It's, uh, it's a lot about what kind of LEDs, uh, what lights you're shining at it, and how to make a substrate that's vegan, that's not insect-based also. Because regulatory and then also consumer you know, preference, it's really difficult to have live insects in the substrate. Um, <laughs> and then how to, how to grow it also that has very high levels of cordycepine. So it's a very analytical testing parameter. It takes a long time after we, we thought, okay, we give you eight months and he comes back after basically eight months uh, and with, with the cordyceps and he goes, okay, now you guys can all eat it. And we're looking at the, the fruiting body of the cordycep militaris. And I'm just thinking about the, that's poor insect, you know, <laughs> what, what this mushroom has done to that poor insect. And I go, oh my God, why are you serious? So now this, I mean, I take it a lot, uh, but now this uh, UK researcher has really helped for me to feel more safe that it has, we've checked out actually how it's affecting uh, our brain, what neurological pathway it's affecting and what it's actually doing. So makes me feel much better. Um, yeah.
Okay. So, so what, uh, what, what have we found out that we didn't previously know about well, some of these pathways? And like, it, does it, yeah. does it have the same health benefits when you grow it in a different substrate? I mean, we know. Yeah, with- no, no. And that's the thing. It's, I mean, mushrooms, they're bioaccumulators. I mean, they are what they eat in the most literal sense. Like right. we, so our company, I don't know if we want to go, I guess we're going down this road. Our company, we, we have, so we're, we have two mycologists in the company. Um, we have, we have a lot of focus on uh, how mycologists are, are scientists um, of, of the mushroom family. Exactly. Mycology. Yeah. And they're, so we're quite devoted to finding what are the best ways to be growing uh, these mushrooms in the context of them being medicinal products. So most, most mushroom growers or most people involved in mushroom growing, they're growing it for culinary purposes or mass consumption or, you know, huge bulk amounts all the time. So basically what we're looking for are we have interested compounds and we're looking at how can we be increasing the amounts of those interesting compounds. And then also with our growing technique, can we be even developing new compounds in that mushroom that just because they've been grown indoors, they don't have, right? So how we grow, we look at every mushroom that we grow and we think about that. And we, we develop a very intense uh, process around that uh, criteria. And then, so we, right now we have, we're the world's largest uh, uh, cultivator of chaga mushroom. So we're actually quite involved in that space with chaga. And Ch- chaga, just to quickly touch base on it, is, is that mostly immune or what are some of the, the, the most commonly seen and reported benefits of, of chaga just to give yeah. people context on each of these yeah. mushrooms as we go? I would love to define chaga, actually, okay. because I think yeah. in the European market, it's much different. There's a context for chaga here. Um, it's, it's part of our, uh, you know, history. People have taken it for a long time. Um, there's much more, I don't know, information about it and people have much more relationship with it. It's, it's probably our top sold mushroom. Whereas I would say if we're, our company existed in the US, maybe it'd be cordyceps or lion's mane actually. Probably mm-hmm. Chaga third. I would just guess from companies I know who work there. And so Chaga to me, it's really important to define. Uh, chaga is not a fruiting body of Inotus oblicus, which is the species, Latin name mm-hmm. of the species. It's not the fruiting body and it's actually not a mushroom. <laughs> um, it's a canker. So it's actually, it's a reaction of a birch tree to the presence of Inotus oblicus uh, mycelium. So how, how that works is you have a live living birch tree that has a wound on the outside and sometimes a beetle that's carrying spores of, uh, of, of Inotus oblicus or the two spores land there. But basically it will start to develop a colony and it'll infect the heartwood, the inside wood uh, of that birch tree it will grow for you know some amount of years, and then it will the birch tree will start to react to that um, and produce what we look and think of as a chaga mushroom or this kind of outer cancerous looking like growth uh, that's actually ninety percent wood and only ten percent mycelium, and it's it's not wood the same wood as in the birch tree, and it's not mycelium the same mycelium that's in the birch. It's its own thing. It it's a kind of a, it's new. It's a canker. <laughs> You know, it's this new yeah. organism almost like it's, it's a mix between, you know, birch tree and, uh, and the mycelium. So it is chaga mushroom is only grown outdoors. You cannot grow it inside. So there actually is a lot of products in the market in the U S of indoor grown chaga, where they grow the mycelium in laboratories. That's not actually chaga. And you're not going to have a lot of the same compounds, for instance, when doing that. 
Um, so you have to really be, yeah, educated, I guess, about these things. So but, when it, when it's not when it, when it doesn't occur naturally in the wild, in this scenario that you've described, where like the mushroom and the birch sort of have, a, we'll call it a reaction, and this canker develops, yeah. that has that's where a lot of the health benefits have been observed and purported. But then you also have people now that are growing it internally in very different scenarios and calling it the same thing, but it may have very different properties. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's actually FDA regulation on this even, you know, it's not. So a lot of, a lot of the stuff is not being enforced in the U S market either around Chaga. But it's, it's actually very clear the FDA, uh, because there's a definition that the science community shares on what chaga is. But, but I mean, why it matters is that chaga, it's gram for gram, one of the highest antioxidants of, of anything in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the auric value of blueberries and you're looking at two, 4,000, a mm-hmm. case of berries, maybe a bit more, four, 6,000, chaga, 200,000, you know? So, <laughs> so for me, I mean, many people take chaga for many reasons. You know, like we work with a client, um, a biotech company in Thailand, where chaga is, extract of chaga is given to everyone who enters the hospital just to help them not catch some disease that they would get in a hospital environment, right? So, Which, is, mean, which is becoming increasingly common. A lot yeah. of people now go in for surgeries and they're leaving within... within something worse. In, in, yeah, something <laughs> worse than what they went in for. Right, all right. So yeah. we, may want, we may want to start applying this in the U.S. Continue, please. Yeah. <laughs> so this organization is, is a great one. And, and they've really... I mean, outside of the U.S. and Europe, uh, this is used much more by doctors, these, these traditional uh, mushrooms. But yeah, I think it's... So depending where you are in the world. So, I mean, for, uh, for me, I can tell you why I use chaga. Uh, mm-hmm. I use it for its antioxidants. So when I look at how my body's aging, and there's many theories about this, but uh, the theory that makes the most sense to me is that, you know, we have these free radicals from stress, toxins, um, you know, using high heat cooking oil or low nutrition, with even, high heat. Yeah. Yeah, even, even, even exercise and we're overdoing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, everyone's going to have it, you know, and my lifestyle, I have more. I travel, um, I also don't, I don't worry so much when I'm in a restaurant and I eat, I go, are you using coconut oil to fry these French fries in or is it olive oil? <laughs> you know, Italy, they fry everything in olive oil. So you're just, yeah. okay, I guess I'm getting a healthy dose of free, free radicals. Mm-hmm. But um, I, those go and they just randomly bounce around our cells and they start to degrade stuff, right? So what I'm looking at is not so important to me what the, the cellular damage, but it's the DNA and RNA damage that can come mm-hmm. from that. So when our cells have to rebuild and regrow, um, if that's damaged, if our DNA or RNA is damaged, we're regrowing ourselves in a, in a not complete or perfect way. So it's, a lot of people take chaga and they go, my God, my skin looks amazing. And that's the only organ you see, right? But mm-hmm. think of what's happening. To me, I don't care what my skin looks like, really. Uh, I mean, it's an indicator of my general health and stuff. But visually, I'm not, I have a partner. I got kids. You know, I'm not trying to impress anybody anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, but my, I want my heart to be healthy. You know, mm-hmm. I want my lungs to be healthy. I want my stomach cells to be healthy. I want my body to be healthy. So I just wake up every morning and I take some chaga. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I make sure that those those antioxidants are encapsulating those free radicals, getting them out of my body, and not letting that RNA and DNA damage happen. 
This episode is also brought to you by Buy Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production, the second is low enzyme production, and the third is gut distension dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B I. I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to check out the exclusive Biohacking Secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. And so you're saying, if I'm just hearing you correctly, and for the listeners, like we've got, we've got our DNA and RNA. This is basically like the code or the blueprint for like protein synthesis and the creation of like new cells in our body and, and facilitating the cell turnover that's occurring all the time. And if, if we're exposed to too many free radicals or too much oxidative stress without uh, adequate internally produced and even exogenously taken, as in the case of like using a, a chaga supplement, if we don't have enough antioxidants, that damage can start causing issues. It can accelerate the aging process. It can expose us to cancer and other degenerative diseases. And if we're doing things that also keep our body's internal endogenous antioxidant pathways primed, and then we're also using some of the wisdom provided from nature, like in, in the chaga, uh, that has an extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant capacity, then we're going to age better. We're going to keep our organs and uh, stronger and healthier. And we're also going to be protecting that DNA RNA blueprint from damage so that we continue to regenerate optimally. Perfect. All right. Amazingly said. My please God. continue, <laughs> my friend. I'm, I think we're yeah. caught up. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 you said that so much better. Yeah, I... I, I I mean, I just, that's, well, that's exactly I'm over here. It. I'm over here down in all of, all of the, the, the different Kappa health mushrooms as we talk. And I've been cool. taking them <laughs> almost daily since, since November. Thanks to yeah, you. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the chaga for, so one of the main antioxidant compounds in chaga is butylic acid. Um, that comes from the birch tree, you know? Oh, so it's actually a new acid that the, that, that the mycelium is actually changing um, from, uh, from the birch tree. So it's a new form. How do you uh, spell that? Butolic acid. Butolic, butolic acid? Yeah, uh, B-E-T-U-L-I-N-I-C. Butylinic acid, yeah. Butylinic acid. From awesome. butylin, basically from butylin. So, I mean, it's kind of this new, yeah, it's, 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 it's changing that compounds of that birch tree. So I think it's, it, to me, I, you know, I, I'm like a biohacker at my heart. I want to see results. I want to understand the science. That's like, I'm super analytical, mm -hmm. but I also love these like stories around this too, you know? And I, and I think, you know, the, a lot of these mystical Asian cultures that have a strong uh, medicinal mushroom connection. I mean, they're calling Chaga the, the mushroom of immortality um, for that reason. And that, that's, that's how they can, that's how they know it. That's how they're talking about it. That's how you see it in Chinese text. And 
I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, and there's also a lot of, uh, especially in Chinese uh, tradition and culture, the birch tree is a really healing tree. It's, it's a very revered tree for that reason. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, now we're kind of understanding why that's happening and what the actual mechanisms are in the process, but we're not changing our behavior because of it. We're just, you know, being confirmed in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think about for for thousands of years, we had a sense for what these medicinal mushrooms and, and plants could do for us. We didn't necessarily need to know the pathway the same way that the example that gets used a lot of times, like you and I don't, you don't need to know how your sauna works to turn it on and enjoy the health benefits of a sauna. Right now we're getting into a little (laughs) bit more of the science because of our capacity to see things more at the, uh, you know, at the microscopic level and identify these various compounds. But we've known for a long time that chaga is great for longevity and it's antioxidants help our immune system and protect our DNA. We've known that cordyceps gives us energy and now we're sort of figuring out how. Yeah. Right. And, exactly. and, and, and seeing some pretty amazing stories of how these the origin of these things came to be in nature and how it happens without our involvement in any capacity. Yeah. So this it's, is cool. it's incredible. I mean, it, and it's kind of it's fun to it's fun to learn. It's fun to explore these these points. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love learning how these mechanisms are working or how it's affecting. Like, like, mm-hmm. how is that mitochondria being affected by cordycepine? I, I like to close my eyes and I like to really think about how that, what is happening here in the brain, which is sending this signal, which, you know, it's, it's what, fascinating. What is going on? Not, not to bounce back and forth, but yeah. um, what, what do we know about say chaga and cordyceps about the, some of the mechanisms of action um, and, and feel free to keep it as surface level or as, as detailed as yeah. you'd like to go. Yeah, sure. So I, I think with, Chaga, like I said, you know, there's a reason. The reason I take it is obviously antioxidants. That, mm-hmm. That's one that just seems very clear for me um, upon my own through this company, you know, we, we, that I started with. Uh, we I helped co-found. We had, oh, just a, a, I mean, now being the world's largest chaga producer, we have had a serious amount of education and focus on learning about chaga. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we... I, there's also so many studies that are so interesting about, you know, let's say the anti-cancer abilities. So, mm-hmm. you know, dropping dropping uh, chaga extract on uh, mice that have been infected with cancer or human cells in vitro um, that have been infected with cancer and just seeing that go away. I was in, in vitro in vitro being like in a Petri dish, right? Exactly. Whatever, As right? compared to in vivo, which is in our body. So yep. like if, if someone has cancer and they make they decide to, that they would like to make chaga part of their protocol, you know, yeah. of course, discussing that with their naturopathic or integrative or functional medicine doctor, whatever, what, what have you, right? This is just for a, a story's sake, a question. Then we're talking about in vivo, right? You observe yeah. the, can- you have the cancer mass, any changes that might occur over time due to the chaga or due to a variety of lifestyle and supplemental interventions. Uh, and then in, in vitro, you're talking about in a Petri dish, we take the cancer and then we expose that cancer directly to the chaga and then observe what happens outside of the body. Don't doesn't exactly. necessarily mean the same thing will happen inside the body, but we've seen in many cases uh, a significant correlation connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first step you do. And mm-hmm. then you go, okay, how is this working? Then you would go to clinical trial. 
and you'd start mm. to do a more in vivo practices. And that's what's being done right now in Chaga. So okay. we don't know, and we can't say anything about it that way. If I got cancer, you know, I'm not sure I would be taking, I mean, I'd be taking Chaga anyway, but you know, it's a question. I wouldn't say that I don't want to leave. It's a good, you clarified that it's no reason to leave listeners on that. That is a, you know, some scientific proof that it stops Chaga, uh, cancer from growing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but be, being in a, you know, I was in Japan um, and we were hearing a presentation by a researcher and it was just absolutely incredible to see just this really nice, beautiful old Japanese man. Um, he, did, he had a very long presentation about each. He collected chaga from different places around the world. He wanted to show off his chaga collection and he talked about finished chaga is so great. And um, <clears throat> we presented him with the, some more finished chaga. And then he, did, he put this slide up on the, on the presentation and it was just a video of cancer cells over time with, with photo shots. Uh, it, it's human cells in a petri dish, so in, in vitro, and just the cancer decreasing versus the control where the cancer didn't do anything at all. And, and just, the, there was only one variable, which was which was chaga. Chaga, yeah, yeah, and and these are really inspiring moments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, fascinating. <laughs> this is where you build careers on. I mean, this yeah. is where you know a, 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 the proper researchers that are working on this right now. I mean, this is their life work. They will be mm-hmm. following uh, patients for, for tens and tens of years now. And I, I'm just so honored to be part of that as much as I can be to see um, how we can be, you know, getting these amazing medicines derived from totally natural products, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> this, this, is, this is fantastic. And like, just because I want to also appeal to the, to, to the folks who nerd out like us on this and, are, and, and want practical applications. So like, yeah. Um, I, let's, let's break down a protocol for the Chaga and a protocol for the cordyceps. Like I've got both your, your, your 50 milliliter bottles, right. And a lot of days I'll do either a full dropper of the cordyceps. If I need extra energy, some days I'll do two full droppers. And then with the Chaga, I do that a little bit more as needed. Um, just because personally with like antioxidants, whether we're talking about vitamin C or we're talking about molecular hydrogen, you know, the H2 tablets, it seems like human cells respond better to like pulsed antioxidants, just as a general rule, rather than like consistently taking the same amount every day that, that at least in observation, like meta-analysis seems to result in, um, you know, adaptation. Um, what are, what are the protocols that you would recommend, let's say for cordyceps and then for chaga for someone that was listening and wanted to explore, uh, some of these health benefits we've covered. So, yeah, yeah, I think it, it, it depends kind of where you live. So, um, to me, like also one of the main benefits of chaga is that it has a, a, it also kind of has a, is a sterile complex. That's also helping uh, vitamin D be more synthesized by your body. So Mm. in Finland, like it's dark right now. You, when you were here, it was dark probably yeah. the whole time. So it's um, been dark every time I've been there, but I still love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's an intense place to live. So, you know, we're taking lots of vitamin D supplements, and it's very interesting that, that there's this precursor um, that makes it more bioavailable and, from chaga. So I think it just mm-hmm. depends. I mean, so for me, I take it maybe a little bit more. So I guess my, my, my specific protocol is uh, I wake up, Every morning, the first thing I do, I go downstairs, I pour a big glass of water. You know, mm-hmm. I drink that big glass of water. I start to feel better the day I get things moving. Then I'm throwing a second glass of water. And the second glass of water I'm throwing into that water 
uh, I don't know, maybe your listeners saw in the video, but we, we make these uh, tinctures. So they're ex liquid extracts. Mm -hmm. um, and so <clears throat> for us, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is just a more, more bioavailable way of taking uh, these uh, medicinal mushroom extracts than uh, powder. So, mm -hmm. so we're, we're much more into liquids. And I'm putting those into the second glass of water. So I'm taking in the morning, I'm going, okay, how am I feeling? What's my day like? Where am I in the world? <laughs> you know, what am I doing? And I'm taking chaga pretty much every morning. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually really interested in, in this meta-analysis that you've you've seen on maybe more blasts of antioxidants than kind of a constant amount. But I basically I've do seen a constant I've seen, amount. I've yeah. seen it with vitamin C and molecular hydrogen, H2 gas. So okay. I, I have yeah. not seen it yet with chaga. I also haven't looked um, more, more research necessary uh, sure. still. Yeah, I mean, we've identified at least four different antioxidant compounds in, in chaga that are helping to make that effect. So, um, but I, I, yeah, so I mean, I'm taking it every day. I'm taking one pipette in the morning. Uh, so one okay. milliliter. So like a full, and, a full dropper, basically. Yeah, yeah. From the, our, okay. We make it really concentrated. So our, our chaga is basically one to five ratio. So it's quite, quite concentrated. And then what we're also able to do is on the back, okay, so let me finish the protocol. I, there's so many things I just want to talk to you about, man. This, um, this is great. <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun. Yeah, and then I go, okay, what am I doing today? Am I, is it a weekend day? Am I with the kids all day? Am I, are we going to go like play a game that I got to run around for three, four hours in the forest? And what's my energy levels like? What am I, you know, is it an easy day on the computer? Am I just getting back to people on email? Am I traveling? So I really look at myself. So Chaga, I take pretty much every day. And then I'll choose. I don't take cordyceps every day. Um, to me, it's it's a really strong mushroom. I mean, I feel oof, so much energy from it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, so I, I, I just have this feeling that maybe you shouldn't be taking something like that every day. <laughs> My body it's just goes... It's nature's yeah, Adderall. There's too much. There's too <laughs> yeah, much. Like, and I, too, much <laughs> too much energy. <laughs> I, it's the only thing that, I mean, we're, we might get into... Um, another special mushroom of, of, of mine um, with the psilocybin mushrooms. But I mean, outside of that space, you know, uh, cordyceps mushroom is just the most intense feeling. I mean, you are, you are, you are feeling massive amounts of energy. You are, and it's clean, it's pure. It's not stimulating your nervous system like caffeine or something. I mean, it's, you know, it's just oxygenating your blood cells. I mean, you're just feeling more energy. You're getting VO2 max is going up. You're just pumping more blood. You're, you're feeling better about life. You know, my, 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 I'm more clever. I noticed that if I've got a really important meeting where it's not just listening, I need to be really crafting some, some negotiation angle or something for my company. I'm taking cordyceps before that meeting, mm -hmm. you know, no matter if I took it already that day, even too. I'm, so for me, I really see it as a, as a, a biohack to, step my intellectual game up, you know, or if I, or my physical game, you know, mm -hmm. with two kids, I don't work out probably as much as I should, but when I do, I take the cordyceps as well. And then I'm looking at going, okay, how else do I feel? Am I feeling a bit sick? Am I, am I getting, how's my immune system? How do I check in? And, um, I, I look at, you know, toward the end of the day, um, uh, you know, I look. I never take cordyceps basically four or five hours before I go to sleep. The same researcher will publish a paper most likely about this too, um, but it affects your melatonin production. So mm. it actually, it's really bad. It can, it can stop that production. 
So, so probably good early in the day. Yeah. Never take it. You, you know, when, when melatonin and, and uh, yeah. cortisol are kind of flipping, flipping places. Yeah. And, get it rocking. Take it. Yeah. Get it going. yeah. Now, you know, early in the day, you bring that, <laughs> you, you get some cordyceps in you bring your melatonin down, maybe even create space for that cortisol to come up, combine it with a little bit of movement or sun exposure and Whammy, yeah. you got a nice little combo here. Jump start the <laughs> human machine. Yeah. Yeah. And then don't, okay. but don't take it close to bed. I mean, it really, okay. it's, uh, it's incredibly blocking that melatonin production. So, so I don't okay. take it at night, but I will, I will, toward nighttime, I'll go, okay, you know, how's my, oof, how's my stress level? Like for me right now, I'm recording this at uh, nighttime, my time. It's like seven o'clock. So this is the time I'm done working usually, and I'm kind of relaxing with my family and we're, this is we're eating iltapala or like the nighttime snack before the kids go to bed. Ooh, what's that? Reading Sounds bedtime delicious. Stories. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going through my, pro, my, my just daily routine, you know, and I'm going, okay, I'm checking in. Is my mind wandering? Am I going to some email? Am I going to some business thing? Am I mm-hmm. getting drawn to some uh, science problem that we're having at the company? And mm-hmm. if it's too much, if I'm feeling it's too much, I'll also take reishi, mm-hmm. you know? And so reishi, I think really helps me calm down, really helps me get, you know, back into a more calm state, you know, relaxing state. Um, so reishi, take... reishi slow basically helps make that switch from yeah. sympathetic fight or flight to parasympathetic yeah. Yeah. rest. And, and it's digest. an adaptogen for that. Okay. It's adapt- so if you're also really calm, it might kind of bring you up a little bit too, you know? Okay. So, so I, I, I tend to take it if I'm really a bit more feeling a bit more stress, you know, but okay. most of the time I've, I'm pretty good without taking anything head on the pillow. My partner makes fun of me, you know, it's like two minutes and I'm just boom, flatlined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm yeah. So nice. I'm blessed that way. But, that, but yeah, if I'm feeling something, I take reishi. And okay. then, then I look and I go, okay, how's my immune system? Uh, reishi has also helped me with that. So I might take it in the morning, you know, even if I don't kind of want it, I want to have more energy, but I, but I'm going, okay, my immune system really needs it right now. And so, or, or I'm taking, you know, turkey tail. Uh, do do people like use the reishi for for sleep to help with sleep, or is it more yeah. for stress? Yeah, I'd say well, they're kind of the same thing in a way, I guess. But yeah, I think it's more what I'm seeing at least in the biohacking community, uh, at least here in Europe, um, where I'm a bit more in touch with, is that there's a lot there's Aura Ring. Maybe you know this Finnish company. Yep. Uh, making these rings the, with the, the, the aura ring for tracking yeah. biomarkers deep sleep REM sleep heart rate variability yeah that sort of thing yeah so these guys you know aura it's a finnish word aura <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean these guys uh you know they've done really good stuff on helping get more data feedback and uh, mm-hmm. one thing that a lot of you know our our employees also a lot of them have this ring um there's a lot of uh, you know people in finland with this ring and they've noticed taking reishi is really so there's a lot of talk in the bio community they've noticed a, a significant increase of their sleep, deeper sleep, higher cycles of REM, everything else when they're taking reishi before they're going to bed. I think there was also okay. similar talk about honey. Um, so a lot of them have been taking it with honey a little bit, and that's kind of their, their nighttime thing. And I've you, noticed that. You guys make a product that combines the reishi with honey, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. S- yeah, some, it's, of those, some of those packets, I've taken down a few of those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mainly those are we don't sell those even in Europe. It's um, it's mainly for the Asian market. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm super into those. I mean, we give them a giveaways. You know? Yeah, yeah, they're, next, they're 
They're great. Okay. So Rishi for, for sleep and heightening feelings of peace and making that having almost like an adaptive, adaptogenic response on nervous system balance, you know, maintaining a healthy balance between fight or flight and rest and digest the chagas, antioxidants and longevity. The cordyceps is energy. And then share with us a little bit more about lion's mane and turkey tail and how you guys are using those and where you're seeing applications in the scientific literature for, yeah. for health and performance optimization. Yeah, so Harrisium Aranaceus, um, which is lion's mane, I think is a pretty, woof. I mean, I get really like goosebumps actually even thinking about it really. Like it is, I, I, I think it's really one of the most important mushrooms. So, so this is a mushroom that we grow here in Finland uh, outdoors. So. Mainly if we can grow something outdoors, we grow it outdoors. Mm-hmm. And that means what we're doing is at, we go and find strains or we're, we're going out into the nature, we're going into the forest, we're finding strains. We're taking those strains and this is why our company has taken basically five years <laughs> to get to the point where we just started selling products maybe a few months ago, less, less than six months ago. Because we had to start by going to the forest and finding strains. We have found a lot of those strains or we've worked with other companies to get strains We've taken those back to our laboratory. Uh, we've tested them, how they grow, what medicinal compounds they have. Um, then we're taking those uh, strains on, on Petri dish. We're then putting those into grain bags, putting those grain bags into sawdust bags. And then we're injecting that colonized sawdust into actual birch tree logs that we've cut. So we cut all the trees in the winter uh, where the highest levels of sugar is still in the tree. So the most nutrition basically for that mushroom. We're then uh, putting those in the forest. And, you know, if you've ever, you know, when you've been here seeing the finished forest, that's our farm. I mean, it's just spruce tree. It's a forest and we just have logs stacked there. So what's happening there is, and this is really important when you think about reishi, when you think about lion's mane, uh, when you think about shiitake. um, I mean, these are incredibly medicinal mushrooms and why they're making those compounds. What is the context? What, I mean, why are they doing that? Right. And, even more interesting question, why do we have, you know, receptors for their compounds? That's a super interesting question too. But to me, why are they making those compounds? I mean, they're trying also to survive. They're trying, okay, they've colonized this birch log, right? But now they're going, okay, how do I maintain this food source? How do I stop the mold that's trying to eat this log, the other fungi species that are trying to eat this log, everything that's going on here. So in response to that sort of ecosystem pressure, they're building up their, uh, their own medicinal compounds to stay alive, you know? So what we're seeing is that, um, and we have, you know, studies done on this too, showing outdoor grown mushrooms have higher amounts of compounds of interest than indoor grown. And we're looking at right now, what compounds maybe even exist in outdoor mushrooms that don't exist on indoor ones. Cause most of the mushrooms that, you know, your listeners have taken or, or pretty much like 95% of the market um, it's mushrooms grown in giant greenhouses indoors in China. Uh, it's 92% where all the mushrooms are grown in the world. And uh, they're HEPA filtered air. It's a very clean environment. And we know with humans, for instance, like we have, you know, uh, we have a clean room, uh, companies with clean rooms. And in the EU, there's regulation that I think you can only be in a clean room for three hours. In Japan, it's two hours, you know. So your body, your immune system starts to get suppressed being in such a clean environment that you can only do two or three hour shifts there and you got to get out. 
You got to reset. That's how we grow medicinal mushrooms right now as an industry. It's not how our company does it, but that's most of how medicinal mushrooms are grown. And it's a real shame, you know? Mm-hmm. So what we're taking is how, how do we grow this mushroom to increase medicinal compounds? That's the question we ask. We don't grow, how do we grow it to just make the mushroom fruiting body? Because mushrooms are bioaccumulative. So when you're guessing what substrate mixture to make also for indoor growing, you're guessing what the mineral composition should be. You know, and what we know, like oyster mushrooms are eating nematodes, like little insects, omnivorous mushrooms, right? Those are not going to be there in indoor, but in our logs, they're there, right? Mm-hmm. Or that we know that full uh, profile medicinal compounds, you know, are there for that mushroom to have if it's eating its food source, like a birch log, just that's all it is. And then it's eaten for millions of years. There's no, we don't have to ask that question. Understand that, you know? So if I'm hearing you right, you guys are recognizing the infinite wisdom in the way that nature operates and provides exactly what these organisms and these these mushrooms need to um, to to reach their fullest capacity in whether it's antioxidants or beneficial compounds for optimizing body and mind. And you're saying, look, we don't even know if if some of the things that we're tracking are the variables that make the biggest difference, you know, mineral composition and stuff like that. So let's just step back as much as we can and try to recreate what takes place in nature, because we know that plants like us respond favorably to stress and the wild herbs have higher amounts of phytochemicals and nutrients that, that, you know, initiate a, a positive adaptogenic, uh, stress response in us, you know, use stress if, if, if you would. And, um, so you're like, how do we recreate some of those same stressors for our mushrooms so that they, um, mimic the, the, the benefits and the profiles that we see in the wild mushrooms. Perfect. Yeah. And awesome. I mean, what we talk about is if you're growing plants, maybe you've got classical music going, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe you're barefoot and you're like dancing. <laughs> I picture dancing and yeah. you have scissors and you're cutting everything really nicely. And, yeah. you know, when we talk about growing mushrooms, we talk about Finnish, like heavy metal, you know, and, yeah. oh, you know, because you, <laughs> this more stress they can have. I mean, like right now they're out, they're outside, you know, it's negative degrees. It's all dark all the time. It's six months of that. And they're just, they're out there just sitting and going through that stress. Now, I'm not protecting mm-hmm. them. There's no plastic layer on top. We don't build a greenhouse. They're just sitting there getting snowed on and mm-hmm. rained on and whatever, you know, we're not doing anything. So mm-hmm. I, when I look at our yard and I walk around um, and we have quite a lot of mushrooms growing there, I go, whoa, I love that there, I can see three or four different species growing on the same log. Only one of them, maybe is Heracium arenaceus, like lion's mane. And I'm super cool about that. I love seeing those other mushrooms there too, because I go, they're making that one stronger. They're mm-hmm. pushing that one to develop the compounds of interest that I care about, you know? So and for we're me, seeing that cross-pollination, the, the cross-pollination that you mentioned with the, the, the chaga and the birch and like even other types of mushrooms that are cohabitating yeah. the same log. There's, there's inevitably an evolution and, and cross-pollination that's going to be. Oh, taken. there's so many things we don't know. I mean, at the last International Medicinal Mushroom Congress, it was, it was what, f- seven months ago. Yeah, seven months ago, just about. Um, we kind of made a new taxonomy for cordyceps. Uh, uh, it was sinensis. It was Ophiocordyceps sinensis now is how they call it. Because what we found is that Cordyceps sinensis, this is the strain that most people know from Tibet, really expensive, 40,000 euros a kilo, wild, you know, uh, Cordyceps. 
And Ophio, Ophio cordyceps, as, as it's known now, was changed to Ophio because it's actually kind of a combination of many different organisms. It's not, it's not just one. This mm-hmm. thing you look at, it's not just one. When they cultured it, it, they kept getting different DNA tests, and they were going, what's going on here? Found it's actually many species altogether. So, I mean, and that's just seven months ago. These are just last few years that they found that out. We just made that change, you know. But this is happening all the time, all the time. So to me, if I go, okay, our understanding as humans are limited, we lack the ability to engineer perfect systems. I mean, look at the state of our planet's health right now. Nature has been doing this really amazingly, really well for a super long time. Let's just at the default copy that. Okay, so then what we do on top of that is we really control what strain we're growing, right? Mm -hmm. So we're looking and we're going, okay, we know that ecosystem that context that outdoor farm that birch log everything else that's great but let's think about what strain we can be producing for instance for heresy and the highest aranaceans you know or the compounds of interest do some strains make more than others usually we're finding yes you know so we do we, we do a little bit of control um and we let nature also do its thing that's kind of that that we try to find that balance you know that makes makes most sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. We um, we've touched on this a, a tiny bit, the role of lion's mane in cognitive function. And we've got increasing numbers in Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, neurodegenerative disease. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what some of the pathways in which lion's mane works, how people are taking that and how it keeps the mind sharp and can yeah. pr- protect us um, from, you know, from this category of of disease that's that's growing every, every few years. Yeah. Yeah. So, whew, li- yeah, yeah. Get back on track. <laughs> Lion's mane is amazing for this. I mean, you're looking at a, it basically can help, st- help with nerve growth factor. So there's two different compounds of interest in, in lion's mane, mainly helping with nerve growth factor. Uh, and this is nerve growth factor kind of everywhere. You know, you're, we're seeing studies showing, um, you know, gut, gut, uh, increase, you know, uh, but we're also, most of, I think, what people care about, there's a lot of gut health. And we originally were seeing a lot of papers around gut health some years ago. And we were going, it's incredible what this mushroom is doing in the gut, uh, helping to increase the health there. And then now recently, we're seeing so much, so much focus after some recent papers on the neurogenesis side of things and the, you know, increase of these uh, uh, neurons. So, and I think that that's a really, for me also now, it's a more interesting space than gut health. Gut health is also important, you know, but, but to me, the neurogenesis is just amazing to see. And I, this, of course, I haven't seen human clinical trials, you know, also, um, far as I've seen, it's mainly rats that this is being done on. But what we're looking at is, is nerve cells in the brain can start to re, not only stop to degenerate, like what happens when we hit 30 years old and it just, you know, goes down from there, but we're starting to see it regenerating actually. So mm-hmm. to me, that's a really amazing possibility. Um, I mean, there's more data we have to see about on human trials for sure about this thing. But for me right now, the science looks really good about this, like really, really, really a lot of potential. And for that reason, I'm taking lion's mane every day, you know, okay. at night, at every night. day at night yeah. and um, dosage one full pipette. Yep. One milliliter. I mean, everything, I mean, it depends on what, what company's products you're using. Um, and if mm-hmm. it's powder, if it's liquid and what the ratios are and everything else. So that, it's kind of hard to talk about dosing because every company kind of comes up. 
I would love if this was standardized somehow to make this easier. Um, right. For us, it's one one milliliter. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's then, a good dose for us. So what we're we're basing our dosing also of, of is a. Uh, uh, any sort of trials that were done, any sort of papers that were done that we're just replicating those dosage levels. Mm -hmm. So we can say, we can't say our product does this, but this is the same amount of compounds as this paper. And this is showing this, that's kind of mm -hmm. where we go from. Perfect. And then with why the lion's mane at night, is that because so much neurogenesis takes place while we sleep? So it's best to provide some of these, some of these cofactors for, for, nerve growth factor and neurogenesis before we go into that restorative yeah. sleep or is there that's, another reason that that's what i've been told that's how i okay. see it yeah that's okay. what makes the most sense to me but also i think i i i so preload my day um in the morning and i mean to be honest these all a lot of these compounds in the mushroom also needs to be processed by your liver so mm -hmm. i also be really i'm really careful about taking too much at a single time so mm -hmm. I, I would i i love to have two or three dose, uh, dose sections like in my day, then just load it up in the morning or load it up at night. So I, mm -hmm. I, I, I tend to not take of any of our mix more than three milliliters kind of at a time, just to really not, not extra sensitive. Maybe I am, you know, about, about the liver, but it just can't hurt. So. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and then let's, let's circle back to gut health, right? There's a lot of people who've experienced issues of the gut. And yep. we have, we have turkey tail. Yeah. How does, how does turkey tail work, particularly in improving gut health and um, digestion, assimilation, absorption of nutrients from your food? What are some of the things taking place when we, uh, when we consume turkey tail and what are we seeing in the science? Yeah. So for gut health, I think there's two really, the two most interesting mushrooms for me then are, are basically turkey tail and also, uh, also chaga uh, and for different reasons. So basically turkey tail has quite a lot of prebiotics. So non-digestible compounds that are basically just nourishing and feeding um, our beneficial bacteria uh, like lactobacillus, bifidobacterium. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're actually actively then reducing potentially harmful bacteria. So we're helping, I mean, obviously like you, I'm sure you super listening to your podcast. I know you're well aware of this um, ongoing war that we kind of have with, Candida, I mean, whatever it is in our, in our gut. So we're always trying to basically ensure a proper habitat for, for um, healthy bacteria, uh, probiotics, and then make sure that the bad ones we don't want to have there are not there. And I think, you know, it's really funny when I look at, I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday, um, that when, how was it, 10 years ago, I was living in Oregon, and Portland, Oregon, the Whole Foods there got, uh, got kombucha. And I remember... My parents came to visit me and I was like, let's go get some kombucha. And they're like, what? And I take them to Whole Foods and we go get, what was it, Dr. GT's? Mm -hmm. Something like that. I mean, one of the first, first kombuchas that was on the scene. Right. And I go, my God, this is going to help you have great poops. And I didn't know what I was talking about. Like, yeah, you know, gut health. <laughs> this is like incredible for it. Probiotics. And my, my parents like, I'm not drinking that. You know, <laughs> what yeah. is going on? There's this live thing at the bottom of it. And, the you know, we went, yeah, we <laughs> went culture. from yeah, the SCOBY. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went from that place of, of total just, oh my God, we're, it's an American culture. We don't, you know, my God, what do we, we don't have thousands of years of a diet or anything. We're pulling in all this new stuff all the time. Oh my God, this is a really cool, trendy thing. And now, of course, kombucha has blown up. It's everywhere. There's like 8,000 companies making kombucha. It's part of the culture. We're thinking about it. Alternative to soft drinks, kind of a, you know, product placement. And, and now we go, okay, now you can't just take probiotics. 
right? You got to be thinking about what that habitat is for your gut. And that's really mm-hmm. important now. Okay. So you can take all probiotics you want and they go in there and they just die. You know, yeah. they get outcompeted. doesn't matter. You got to be thinking about how, how that gut is. So to me, then the, the prebiotics are really important that we feed them, you know, that we're, we're, we're giving them the food that they need. And a lot of mm-hmm. mushrooms have, have prebiotics. Turkey tail is just really incredible with it. Um, mm-hmm. But the other point is, you know, our body uses trace minerals to sort of adjust those pH levels. Mm-hmm. Lower intestine, high, you know, large intestine, small intestine, our stomach. And so it's pulling in, you know, more alkaline or more, you know, whatever kind of trace minerals it needs to be adjusting that pH level. And chaga also has a, a ton, a ton of trace minerals. So I look at things like bone broth to help myself for the trace mineral content, Some something like uh, seaweed, you know, but chaga is something that I'm now starting to consider much more as being an ally for that, that I'm making sure my body's got what it needs <laughs> to just keep that, you know, habitat healthy, you know, the great pH mm-hmm. so that what should be there is there. And I don't have to think about it, you know? Yeah. So this is fascinating. And like, I like, I like the example of, of a garden, right? Let's say we've, our gut is, is very similar to a garden. And if we imagine a garden where we've got some flowers growing, we'll call those flowers, like the, you know, the good bacteria, the, the, the bacteria that help break down our food and aren't, uh, you know, are, are not pro-inflammatory. Um, then you've got some of the some of the other pathogens that you mentioned that could set up camp and, and cause low levels of inflammation or compete for space with the flowers. Those are like the weeds, right? And then you've got your your mulch, your nutrients for the soil. Uh, those are like the prebiotics or the uh, the turkey tail, right? And we kind of, depending on where the person is at, need a combination of all three. You can't just like mm-hmm. look at a garden and go, all right, time to plant a ton more flowers in there and hope it works out. Those weeds are super aggressive. You know, you may need to pull the weeds first with certain herbs or kill protocols and things like that to restore homeostasis. And then, and then you plant the flowers give them some of those nutrients, the, the turkey tail, the humic and fulvic acids, some of the other, um, you know, just eating a lot of good fiber from plants in your diet, including things like chia seeds and uh, flax seed in your shakes. And now you've got the right recipe to rebuild. And you're not just, you know, the guy with the hammer where everything looks like a nail. You, yeah. you're, you're kind of pay, you're you're observing and respecting the ecosystem and the interconnectedness of all of these things. Yeah. So you're saying that that turkey tail provides a lot of those nutrients and prebiotics and feeds the good guys. Yep. Yeah. To me, it's a it's more complicated way of looking at it, but it's the truthful way, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we 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 like easy solutions and stuff, and maybe they're just when they're not, they're not. You got it is complicated. You got to think mm-hmm. about it. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really, I appreciate that analogy. I mean, it's, it is, it is a complex ecosystem, that gut, you know, and mm-hmm. I think, what is it? It's, it's the largest organ in our body by weight, mm-hmm. our microbiome, right? I mean, it's huge. It's huge. And it's not us, but it's us, you know, it's we're, crazy. We're, we're far more <laughs> bacterial and viral and parasitic cells than we are human cells yeah. when, you, when, when you break it down. And, and yeah. just like, you know, you talked about some of the interplay of the, the, the signals from the birch tree and chaga and how these different organisms influence one another. That same thing's happening at the cellular level constantly within yeah. us. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and these are fascinating ways to sort of skew those adaptations and, uh, 
you know, some of the, some of the use stress that occurs in, in a positive, favorable direction. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic, and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day, and it even decreases in inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. The last thing I wanted to say is I think what you're describing there about like this, this interplay of our own body with our own microbiome kind of affecting us, like makes us happier if it's, if it's properly working and, you know, the birch trees and chaga making these kind of new compounds. I think that what, what we do as scientists is where we are incredibly reductory. Like we just try to put everything down into boxes and we break everything down to its smallest pieces. And from there we start to understand those pieces and then we build it back up. Uh, at a theory or an idea. And I think we're now switching away from that. So when I was like, what was it? About a year ago, I learned about horizontal gene transferring, which is actually another mechanism of evolution. You know, it's not just our own bodies adapting to the, to the environment and then, and then uh, moving forward with, with some stimulus, you know, it's actually those viruses that come into our body um, can actually, those genes can pop out and pop into our genes. You know, so actually we, at a, at a DNA level, I mean, we are crazy adaptable. We are amazingly adaptable. And so I look at something like that as a, as a massive source of inspiration of where, you know, we're going here uncertain times about the future of climate change, what that's going to mean for us. Uh, I look at all the species that are being affected by that. And I look at our own, you know, idea of health. I mean, we're actually trying to take the health of, First of all, really important in the health of mushrooms that we're trying to help, the help of our own microbiome that then gives us our own health. I mean, we're so all so interconnected. It's it, it's crucial that we think about not just uh, our own body. Our own body's health doesn't stand apart, I guess is my point. We are an eco, a proper ecosystem. Us, 
us recognizing our place as an animal in that ecosystem, uh, us communing with that ecosystem, that's, that's where our health comes from, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very much like as, as within, so without like the, the, our external world and the things that we observe in nature, very closely parallel a lot of the biological processes that are taking place within our body. And like, if mm. you were to look at the planet um, from the perspective of an intelligent life form, you have thriving ecosystems and that are green and blue and the organisms that live within those. And then you also have different parts that have become um, colonized or, you know, where some of those resources have been, have been taken and maybe fallen out of balance. And, some there, there's some people that an argument could be made that like a big city with concrete, you know, a concrete jungle and things like that could be akin to sort of a cancerous mass. And some of these factories that are that are rapidly pulling resources from our planet and then producing single use plastics and things like that. And all of the byproducts that come from that, they're, they're uh, a reflection of a geographical area that's 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 fallen out of balance. Right. Yeah. And it's like all of this plays a role. And like it, it is impossible for us to be healthy internally if we are rapidly destroying our planet. And yeah. similarly, when we also pay attention to maintaining harmony and homeostasis in our planet, it creates space for more of that to occur within us. And we've seen the benefits of forest bathing and, and, you know, culturing plants, horticulture, and, and even just yeah. owning a garden and how that increases longevity. Soil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting dirty and, 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 and building a robust yeah. immune system by exposing ourselves to these things. Um, before we kind of bring it home and talk a little bit about some of, uh, some of the other applications of these products and where people can stay up to date on, on protocols and scientific literature tell us a little bit about um this i'm I'm, i don't want to screw up the language but um the mycorrhizal fungi yeah i say that properly mycorrhizal (laughs) yes so mycorrhizal fungi yes so uh, this is a perfect i guess segue because when we think about what is tying together the ecosystem mycorrhizal fungi that's their function um they're helping trees communicate to each other they're helping trees, they're a pathway for, for uh, hormones to be sent back and forth, for chemicals, signals to be sent back and forth, water to be sent back and forth. Um, this is maybe why if you're looking at a forest, all the trees turn the color at the same time. Mycorrhizal fungi. Did you say hormones with trees? Uh, chemicals, sorry. Yeah, oh, okay. chemical compounds. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, my mind just I, I first like, goes to hormones always, yeah. I may have missed it, but I was like, I didn't know trees had hormones. All right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we don't know yet, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they could. No, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> but the mycorrhizal fungi are incredibly crucial for that ecosystem health. And um, and I, I think that it's it's conducive of our own bodies, like what you were talking about, these, these manifestations of our creation, skyscrapers, cities, toxic environments, whatever. I, I think a lot of this has to come with our disconnection from nature, disconnection mm-hmm. from ourselves, disconnection from anything. Um, and this was a really wise man put this, I think really well, um, basically bringing together people to write down all the problems in the world. And at the end always comes down to the word disconnection from ourselves, from nature, from anything else. And it's so beautiful. So I think it's in a process of us becoming more connected with nature. What do we do? What do we find? Well, we start down a path of more natural medicine, maybe things that are not harming us also, but the side effects are worse than the actual intended outcome, right? Mm -hmm. We're starting to become more conscious of, like you said, 
forest bathing, walking in the woods, going camping, smelling uh, smoke from a campfire, um, looking at fire, actually. Something pe- most people, I have like candles lit all around me right now. You know, most people aren't doing that. And I, I think that these, this context and where we live from, these are triggers and maybe expected, you know, uh, behavior that we're looking to find also. So these mycorrhizal fungi, what, what they're really incredible at doing is sequestering carbon also. So one project we're working on right now, I, I think it's really important your listeners hear about it because we've passed a tipping point. We have more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than we should. And it's not about putting more out there. It's about taking that out right now. So mycorrhizal fungi through the plants of through trees is basically the main functionality of how that happens. So you look at, you know, trees taking in CO2, right? Creating sugars, putting those sugars down to the roots. And then basically those roots are, um, are able to really give those uh, nutrients, that sugar to the mycorrhizal fungi. And then that mycorrhizal fungi um, takes those sugars and makes its living body out of it. And what we found out is that actually part of that process, ooh, I got to, okay, I got to plug something in also right now. But actually part of that process um, is actually then, uh, uh, that is melanizing that carbon. So it's turning that carbon into a form that is actually more like uh, diamonds than like wood, right? So, so from that space, you actually start to, start to look at, okay, how can, we, how can we modify that? Just like with medicinal compounds, how can we get more medicinal compounds from this? How can we get more carbon basically from these mycorrhizal fungi? You know, so as, a, as our company, I think it's a really, yeah, it's a space that we're really interested to be going more into. And I think it's, it's just helping our, our awareness about our ecosystem and our environment um, just getting better all the time, you know. It, it, it is beautiful. And it's fascinating to see that as we do more of these things, as we, we create the opportunity for more of these medicinal mushrooms and plants to, to grow and to cross-pollinate, we then start to become aware of additional benefits like you know, the sequestering of, of, of carbon from the atmosphere and that balance is being restored in, in, in other ways that will not only support humanity for generations to come, but will also support longer life and more life within, um, within both humanity and the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, the last thing I want to say about that is uh, as, as a company, we have a responsibility, you know, and I think the Native Americans of the U.S. have an amazing approach to this. They, if they're involved in, let's say, fishing salmon, they go, I'm now responsible for those salmon. I will protect mm-hmm. them. So a lot of the contentious issues in the, in the Oregon, Washington area about dams are led by Native American groups. So I think that that's such a beautiful responsibility to take. That's, and that's what our company does. Right? We grow mushrooms outdoors, and we are actively part of that forest. So all the medicinal mushrooms that we're growing, you know, we're not planting a tree every time someone buys a product from us. Right. What we're doing is we're ensuring the actual mechanism in which we're growing those mushrooms is regenerating that forest or that ecosystem that it's part of. And that is so crucial to our business model. So we can proudly say and we can proudly be part of that, 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 that process of, you know, let's ensure that what we can be doing is helping that ecosystem just get better, you know. It's really, it, really just an honor. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And it's and it becomes even more beautiful and and appreciated when you recognize that doing it that way also 
uh, amplifies and even multiplies the medicinal and biohacking benefits of those mushrooms themselves yeah, for absolutely. us. So it's like, it's, it's, it's actually in the collective interest and our self-interest to do these things the right way. And I have a tremendous amount of respect and appreciate you guys doing that. And, and, yeah. and as new information comes to light, you maintaining integrity in your processes, um, because it results in these phenomenal products that, as I mentioned, I've, I've been taking now for coming up on four months and really appreciate, I got to actually get some of the lines, man. I haven't tried that one, um, from, from you guys, but your, your chaga, your cordyceps, your reishi and your turkey tail are all beautiful. And I think play, um, uh, a, a critical role in the biohackers modern medicine cabinet. Um, you know, drawing from what we know about ancient ancient plants that have been around forever and used forever far before we understood the mechanisms, and then also taking like what we're what we're seeing unfold in these scientific studies every few months and mm. applying that to to our own health and quality of life and and a greater connection to uh, to ourselves, our loved ones, and all living things. So, thank you so much, Eric. Where um, for people that want to try some of, some of these products, whether it's Lion's Mane for Alzheimer's, Turkey Tail for gut health, Cordyceps for energy, Chaga for antioxidants and longevity, Rishi for sleep and calm. Um, where's the best place for them to go to do that? And I know that we've set up a nice little discount code for them. Maybe you can kind of give us a, a, a quick rundown and how people can get their hands on these things in the U.S. and, and, and otherwise. Yeah. So we we were based in Finland. So most of our customers are, are in the EU market, but most of your listeners probably are in America. So we do ship to America. Happy to do it. Um, <laughs> maybe one day you have it sold on your own store. Perhaps now we have to talk about more. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, it's for us, it's, uh, um, you can find them on our website, kappahealth.com. Uh, you can check it out. We've got K A A P A H E A L T H kappahealth.com. Yep. K A A P A H E A L T H.com. And kappa, it's actually a Finnish word that means polypore. Uh, polypore is the mushroom with lots of pores and, Essentially, that is the essence, that's the root of all mushrooms. So it's the core. So for us, yeah, kappahealth.com, check it out. We got studies up there. We got more information up there. Uh, we're, we're posting blog posts. I mean, we're, we're trying to get content out there to educate folks about mushrooms. So beautiful. And, and we've got a discount code biohacks that you guys can enter at checkout, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. It'll save you 10% on your order. And um Thank you so much for spending time with Eric and I. Eric, for people that want to follow you personally, do you do social media, Instagram, Facebook, any of that stuff? Or is, yeah. is kappahealth.com Kappa the best way for them to stay in touch with what you guys are working on? Kappa Health uh, has an Instagram page that's specific to Kappa Health. Uh, and then you can find me at Eric MT Puro on Instagram. And I'll go into more also the biotech side. So. Yeah, Beautiful. Connect with anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. And if you guys got value from this or any episode of the Biohacking Secret Show, please go to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star review. That's what allows us to keep sharing this information with you guys for free. Tell your friends about the this episode and uh thank you so much for tuning in We're, your time is valuable and eric thank you so much for being a part of this and sharing your wisdom i think a lot of people are going to resonate with it great absolute blessing thanks anthony what's up guys anthony here and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the biohacking secrets show one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted, and all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. 
Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, Candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 